Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of Phillies Today on Phillies 24-7. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple, uh, and I know most of you, uh, 99.9% of you have Spotify or Apple, um, so you can listen to us uh, on either of those apps um, for Sports Radio 94 WIP. So... Yeah, go find us there. Go find us. Uh, you know, obviously follow WIP on on social media at Sports Radio ninety four WIP, and you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Rojas underscore Media underscore for all my Phillies takes, baseball takes in general, and also sports takes in general. I also like tennis. Just watched Carlos Alcaraz uh, win a slam against uh, the great Novak Djokovic. And, that, you know, Djokovic is calling Alcaraz. He could be the best of all time. But, again, just in, in general, I want to talk sports with me, talk Phils. Get on me on Twitter. Get, get at me on Twitter, at Rojas underscore media underscore. So, for today's show, obviously we're going to preview – Series against Milwaukee. Milwaukee also, well, Milwaukee's technically um, not in the wild card race. They are uh, leading the the National League Central uh, with a 52 and 42 record. Not as bad as the AL Central, where the Twins only two games above 500, uh, leading that division. So we'll definitely preview um, that that the whole the you know tonight's game and the entire series. Um, and we'll give you some news and notes, some updates on, uh, you know, some notable, some notable players here um, that we definitely, definitely need to talk about. Um, so, definitely some big updates, injuries, and moves. Someone's going to have surgery, but it's not as bad as you think, and, uh, and that could be very important to them. All these players, honestly, are important to the Phillies' depth um, in the long run. So, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, and we'll get into around around the league, NL East, Major League Baseball in general. But today, I, what I what I want to start with, because obviously I'm not going to recap a game. There was nothing. Nothing happened last night on Monday night. Uh, Phillies had an off day, coming off the uh, four game set with San Diego, where they took three or four, and I thought that was huge to start the uh, to start the second half. I wasn't even going to be like all that upset if they only took uh, or if they split. Yes, I was going to be upset if they lost three or four. Um, the Padres are actually my bold prediction to get back to the NLCS, even though they've had a terrible first half. But they don't uh, start the first half well. They are the ones losing three or four. Um, so, I mean, I'm ecstatic. 
yeah, obviously a four-game sweep is nice, but it's hard to do. It doesn't matter what, good, how good or bad your team is in baseball. Like, four-game sweep is hard to do. So three or four, you have to be more than happy. So what I really want to talk about, and what we have to talk about, because their potential is that Bryce Harper is going – I mean, it's going to happen this series. From what it sounds like, from what Rob Thompson said, is that Bryce Harper is going to play first base. Uh this series. I don't know which game it's going to be. I don't know which it's going to be tonight or if it's going to be tomorrow night or if it's going to be Thursday. I don't know. But Bryce Harper is going to play first base. It is happening. I think it's a great idea on both parts. I think it's great for Bryce. I think it's great for uh, the Phillies. I think it's great for Dave Dombrowski and what they're going to do with the trade deadline. So I think it's great. It's a great move all around uh, for the Fightins um, as they try to uh, you know, maintain a wild card spot uh, and try to do what they did, replicate what they did last year, and then some uh, when they're in their half game out of a wild card spot right now. So let's start there. Bryce Harper is expected to play first base for the first time ever. I don't even know if he's as he. I feel like he might have. I feel like he might have played first base at some point in his career. Regardless, I mean, this is a big deal. So who cares? Um, but I, I want to talk about really what it, what it means for what I think the lineup's going to look like for the next couple of weeks, um, uh, especially as Christian Pache's out and uh, he's going to have surgery. doesn't sound as bad as you think. I was going to update that in the news and notes, but I uh, figured I'll just update it now with Christian Pache, um, that he has right el- elbow discomfort and he's going to have surgery. And he was initially played on the, placed on the 10-day injured list, uh, retroactive to uh, a week ago. And... Um, so to remove a screw from his right elbow that has recently begun causing irritation. Um, the screw was inserted before Pache had even signed his first professional contract back in 2015. Um, and only lately had it started really causing problems. Um, so they're only saying like it's expected to, and this is, comes from the, uh, directly from the Phillies website, phillies.com. Um, Pache's recovery expect, expected to be just a few weeks. So again, not as bad as it would sound. Just went to your surgery. You're like, oh my God, this guy's done for the year. This guy's done for a whole year, um, like a Tommy John or something like that. But it's not. So Pache's recovery uh, time isn't that big of a deal. But let's. But but for the next couple of weeks, he's going to be out. So let's talk about how I think the lineup should look like now with Bryce Harper in first base. I don't know how much he's going to play, but if he is playing, this is what I want it to look like. And this gets Kyle Schwarber out of left field because he's been so bad in left field. Negative like 20 defensive run saved. I don't know if that's the exact number, but it doesn't matter because it's hovering around there. He's so bad in the outfield that you really had to get him out. And Bryce Harper was probably thinking about this when he did it. Because he said, oh, I can help out with the depth. And, you know, he would never say that, but let's be honest. He was thinking it. And that's partially probably the reason why he made the decision. So, um, I would say it as this. I'd say keep Schwarber in the leadoff spot. I know he's not, you know, a beast uh, when it comes to batting average. I get that. Um, and he's not, I mean, he does get on base at a decent clip. It would be a lot higher if he did have a bit of a better batting average. But regardless, I mean, Phillies are a good team with Schwarber in the leadoff spot. Okay? So Schwarber, Harper, I think you bat Harper second. And you know why? Because I think Castellanos, uh, I'll put Bohm in the three spot. And I'm not even like a huge Alec Bohm fan. I think he's been too too inconsistent for my liking. But, I mean, Bohm, Castellanos, 
Bryson Stott have all been good with runners in scoring position, and I want them in the middle of my lineup for the most part. I'll, I'll put I'll stick JT in the five hole. I go back to last year when JT had a hot second half. Maybe he has a hot second half again. I just can't put Bryson Stott in front of JT yet. Maybe in a month I'm changing my mind, but right now I like it. Schwarber, Harper, Bowen playing third base. Cassianos in right playing, uh, hitting cleanup. Fifth, JT Romuto catching. Bryson Stott playing second base, batting sixth. I know it's crazy, but I think Trey Turner should be hitting the seven hole. And I said this within the last couple of weeks. I've said this. I've, I've talked about this lineup. I think before what I think it should look like. I'm kind of reiterating it, but I think I felt like it was. I felt like it was appropriate considering that. Considering that the, the, the Harper announcement happened, um, so I, I, I would put Trey Turner uh, at, in the seven hole. I, I just don't think. I don't think he's going to get it together this year. I mean, maybe maybe he will, but I mean. Three, four months into the season, he hasn't figured it out. He gets little spurts here and there where you think he's back, and then he's not. So I, I would put Trey in the seven hole right now. I don't think it makes sense for him to be anywhere at the top of the lineup. So Trey in seventh hole, Brandon Marsh. I mean, even Marsh has been a better hitter, but uh, I don't know. I can't put. Uh, I can't. I, I can't bring myself to have Trey Turner at the bottom, bottom, bottom of the lineup. I just can't do it. So. I'd say Marsh in the eight hole. Then Johan Rojas right now, it seems like Rojas and Marsh will be your left and center fielders, however which way you put it. Um, I like, I like, maybe it's just recency bias, but I like what I saw from Rojas, what he did out there in center field, uh, you know, especially in the first game. So he's obviously the real deal defensively. Obviously has a long way to go uh, in his major league career, but looks pretty good uh, as far as defense goes. But the bat obviously, you know, just like Pache, you know, might need some work. So I would put Rojas right now in center field, um, you know, uh, hitting ninth. Um, and then this brings me to the trade deadline. So because this is what this is all about, partially, because uh, I I would rather go and try to get a decent bat out there. Maybe someone that's decent defensively and has a decent bat, and I, I and to add some depth. I think I think, and I've talked about this already. Again, I've I feel like I've done a similar episode within the last like couple of you know maybe two to three weeks. Starting pitching wise, like get a fifth starter, get a fifth starter, or get somebody where you're only going to have to give up one one of your pros, big prospects like the McGarrys or the Abels. You're not giving up Painter. We're not doing that. Um, Maybe one of those guys, but again, like I look at somebody like an Eduardo Rodriguez, and I've mentioned this on the pod before. I look at somebody like Eduardo Rodriguez, someone who has a a not particularly super duper high ceiling, but a high enough ceiling to where there's been a few years where he has. Uh, he is, I, I'm pretty sure, he, one year he finished like top 10 Cy Young voting. So, yeah, uh, sixth in Cy Young voting in 2019 with Boston. So he has that type of ceiling, but he also, you know, he, he, he's been mediocre in his career. You know, look at uh, uh, 2016, he didn't, he, I mean, only had 20 starts, but, you know, uh, 471 ERA and 107 innings uh, with 100 strikeouts. Um, Someone like that who's with Detroit right now, I, I still feel like you can go after somebody like that. Maybe not have to give up a whole lot. Maybe there's teams inquiring about him. It might be tough. Like it is like every trade deadline, but I think like someone like Eduardo Rodriguez or just a fifth starter out there. Um, 
you know that they're out there with from teams that are selling like the Rockies and the Tigers and the Royals, um, and maybe some of these teams don't have great pitching, and that's maybe you know that's part of why reason why they're not good. Um, but Eduardo Rodriguez or or a fifth starter that you're not going to have to give up very 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 much, like at all, like at all. Okay, like Pache, they barely had to give up anything for. I mean, like extreme. There's like no risk, high reward. Like literally no risk, high reward for Christian Pache. So, um, I'm not saying like. I mean, that'd be great. Like get a fifth starter for giving up nothing. Like yeah, but what I mean is just like that principle of not having to give up very much at all for someone that's going to give you some starting pitching depth. Hopefully, they can find that. Um, But Eduardo Rodriguez. And then in left field, like I look at somebody like a Randall Grichik from Colorado. Randall Grichik, um, somebody that has a, a solid bat, also plays solid defense. Um, maybe Cody Bellinger. I don't know how I feel about Cody Bellinger. Um, he's had a bit of a bounce back year. If you look at his underlying metrics, maybe he's not going to have a great second half. I'm not sure, but... Bellinger is somebody that I, I, depending on how much you have to give up, I, I'd be down for, especially because he can play uh, all over the diamond. He can play outfield. He can play first base. Um, that's not all over the diamond, but you know what I mean. He can play multiple positions besides just the outfield. So maybe that's somebody. Um, there's a couple of guys I thought about, and I don't think the Giants are going to sell. And Jock, uh, someone like Jock Peterson, I could see, but the Giants aren't willing to sell. The Giants are. Believe they're maybe even more than ten games over five hundred. Uh, last time I checked, um, yeah, they're fifty-two and forty-one. They they have the top spot in the wild card race right now. And just by the way, Giants the Giants do things. I don't think that they're going to be selling at all. Um, especially we're a couple weeks from the deadline. And I think they think they have a real shot. Um, so maybe Jack Peterson. I don't think so. Adam Duvall from the Red Sox. That's a big one for me. I think Adam Duvall would be a great fit. Great fit for this lineup. Adds power. At the plate, I know he's kind of had an inconsistent career, but I th- again, I think it's if you're not giving up a whole whole lot, I think it's worth it. Put him in left field, you know. At the very least, like you know, it, it adds depth to the team because I think the Phillies have the type of team where you're set right now that has a chance to win to get back to the World Series. And I know that, like, okay, they're not going to be a team that wins 100 games, but like. I don't want to go go off too much on that because we've we've talked about this already, but I think Duvall would would fit this team. I think Duvall would fit this team. Um, so again, this all goes back to Harper playing first base because if Harper plays first base, Kyle Schwarber, you get him out of left field. Now he's your DH. That's already a given. If you're a Phillies fan, listen to this. There's a 99% chance you you understand what I'm talking about. Sorry, I haven't really mentioned that, but I, I figure you guys know. Um, but that's the reason why you'd be going after a left fielder or an outfielder because you get Schwarber out of the outfield because he's that bad, and now he's your DH, and you go get an outfielder. But I, I, I really like Grichik. I really like Duvall. Um, Bellinger I'm okay with, and Jack Peterson I would like if he if the Giants weren't, uh, you know, so uh, – but the Giants are in it. So I, I just don't think the – I mean, the Giants thought they could get Carlos Correa, and that was a good move, and I didn't think that was because I thought the Giants needed to be a type of team to possibly rebuild because they have a lot of you know, aging players there and whatnot, but they've been able, been able to make it work. I mean, I don't know. The Giants are a weird team, weird franchise. 
All right, so that's kind of where I'm at with this Bryce thing. Bry- Bryce makes the – I think you hit him second. He plays first. Uh, you know, I mentioned – so Schwarber, Harper, Boehm, Castellanos, Real Muto, Stott, Trey Turner, Brandon Marsh, Johan Rojas. That's why, That's how I see it, uh, the lineup. And then maybe get an Eduardo Rodriguez uh, and the names I mentioned in the outfield as well. So let's get to previewing the next game, which is tonight. Um, so, again, the – go into tonight against the Brewers um, uh, this Tuesday through Thursday, and then they have Cleveland later this weekend. Brewers are 10 games over 500 currently, 52 and 42. First place in the NL Central over uh, the Cincinnati Reds. And um, they're 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. So the Brewers are uh, they have they have surged a little bit lately um, since the All-Star break, or since a little bit before the All-Star break. They have been a lot better Um so that NL Central is going to be an interesting finish between them and uh, Cincinnati. Uh, it seems like it's probably going to come down to those two. So tonight we're going to get Nola and Julio Tehran. Obviously, Nola's coming off that appearance right before the All-Star break in Miami. It's like we really wanted to feel good about Aaron Nola going into the All-Star break. And we couldn't do that because Nola was not... Well, terrible, but he was very mediocre. Six innings, four, uh, four runs, a couple of homers. Just cannot stay away from giving up the long ball, man. It just cannot do it. So we're going to get Nola. We need, I mean, obviously we need a good outing from Nola. But it's, even if we get a, a good outing or two, it's not going to matter because he hasn't been consistent this year. So for, with Nola, it's just really in the second half, you know, starting off with this game. And just going from there, taking baby steps and just having good outing by quality start by quality start. And he needs to do that, not even worrying about having, like, a gem every time out. Um, but, hey, Nola puts a lot of pressure on himself, man, especially in a contract year. He's really that type of pitcher to do that. So, and then the other side, Julio Tehran, 364 ERA in eight starts. Um, and then on Wednesday, we're going to get Christopher Sanchez, who has been, I think, has been good enough in that f- this fifth starter role um, right now. So Christopher Sanchez versus Wade Miley. That's a 640 start on Wednesday. Sanchez with a 326 ERA in six starts um, and just over 30, 30 innings pitched. And, uh, and then you get Wade Miley, who Wade Miley has just been weirdly good last couple of years, minus some injuries. 306 ERA in 13 starts this year. Uh, and then to cap off the series, going into Cleveland, Taiwan Walker versus Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns has been like solid this year, but has not been the Cy Young-esque pitcher that he had been years, a couple of years prior. Um, so it'll be Walker coming off a of San Diego outing uh, where he was okay, five innings, two earned. Um, and then Corbin Burns uh, on the other side with 3.73 ERA on the season. Um, and then just a few news and notes for you guys. Uh, so Christian Pache, like I'd mentioned, getting surgery, expect to come back in a few weeks. Um, Jose Alvarado, he's not been cleared to throw after receiving cortisone injection in his left elbow, um, dating back to about eight days ago. Um, so he said the swelling's out of there now. He's feeling really good. Um, he's not sure when he's going to start throwing again, but he feels really good. Um, so Alvarado, hopefully he can come back and really stay healthy. Um, an update on Sir Anthony Dominguez with a left oblique strain. Um, he's scheduled to throw a second live uh, bullpen session. Uh, I guess that was today, but um, I, I hadn't heard anything. Um, so hopefully he has, uh, he has been 
you know, hopefully he's on the right track uh, to getting out, uh, you know, back with his Phil's bullpen because, again, I, I, we need all the depth that we can get, even though they've been good. I, I love depth, especially this time of year going into August, September. Like, we need the depth. And then lastly, an update on Mr. Painter. We got to talk about Andrew Painter, um, who has had the sprained UCL on his right elbow. Um so verbatim from the Phillies.com website, Painter still has soreness in his right elbow. Uh, the Phillies said they received better news than expected on July 8th when the results of an MRI showed that Painter's in- injured UCL is healing uh, better than expected, uh, or is healing as expected, excuse me. Um, he had been scheduled to throw to live hitters the first week of July in Clearwater, but he started to feel discomfort in the elbow. Um, there remains hope that Painter will pitch in games this season uh if not for the Phillies, then for a minor league affiliation. So, I mean, if you guys listen to me in the past, like my whole take on the Painter situation is just please just shut him down for the rest of the year. Just speaking for all Phillies fans here, for all baseball fans too, like we want the great ones, the potential great ones, to be as good as they can possibly be for a long time, especially as being in Philadelphia. We don't get these often. So please, uh, Andrew Painter, just shut him down. Um, but that's an update on Andrew Painter. So those are your news and notes for today. And uh, let's just go to around the league. Phil's obviously were off today. Um, so L.A. and Baltimore, the Dodgers beat the Orioles 6-4 to on a Chris Taylor grand slam. Uh, Cleveland destroyed Pittsburgh 11-0 uh, in Pittsburgh. St. Louis over the Miami Marlins 6-4. to Washington 7-5 over the Cubbies. Um, Texas and Tampa Bay, big series there. Fun series between two good teams this year. Uh, Texas 3-2 over Tampa Bay. Uh, Detroit over the Royals 3-2 in Kansas City. And then lastly, Boston over Oakland 7-0. So those are some of your scores around the league. Um, And then just looking at some of the standings as we sit. Um, I'll just real quick on the wild card, the National League wild card. San Fran currently leads, has a half game lead at the top of the wild card, 52 and 41. Arizona, 52 and 42. Haven't played as many games, obviously. Miami, 53 and 43. Last wild card spot. Then the Phils are right there, half game back, 51 and 42, with Cincinnati at two games back, 50 and 44. San Diego trailing eight games back with 44 and 50 record. So, yeah, and then NLE standings. I'll just end it here for you. Um, so Atlanta sixty-one and thirty-one, uh, Miami fifty-three and forty-three in second place, ten games back. Your your fighting Phils fifty-one and forty-two, third place, ten and a half games back. The Mets forty-three and fifty, eighteen and a half, and then lastly. Washington at 38 and 56 uh, to round out the National League East. So that's going to do it for me uh, today. Go Phils. Uh, you know, important series here against uh, Milwaukee um, as Milwaukee is, yes, they're leading that division, but they're similar record to the Phils. And who knows, they could be in that wild card race if they, you know, start to lose some games and um, Cincinnati starts to. To, to ramp it up with that young team over there. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for me. Uh, again, uh, get at me on Twitter, at Rojas underscore media underscore. Talk some fills. Talk whatever you want to talk about. Let me know about what you think about Bryce Harper at first base. Let me know what you think um, about the Milwaukee series. Um, and just the rest of the year. Is this a World Series roster? Is it not? I want to know from you guys. So that's going to do it for me. Francisco Rojas, see you guys next time. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.